Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 14. I think we're on 14 on Ion Steroid Processing. I'm so glad that you guys made it. It's been a lot going on in the news. Oh my God, we went from Corona to now riots, murder. It's a damn mess. And that really prompted me to come up with, you know, the subject I want to talk about today because I try to get inspired by events or things that's going on or things that I think that are necessary really to talk about, you know, and how it connects to our department. So one thing I thought about was the whole us versus them mentality that we go through also in sterile processing, especially with dealing with the OR. Uh, Some people deal with it with um, different shifts, uh, the first shift, the second shift, the, the graveyard shift. Um, some people are in, in rivalry with EVS about who cleans what. So it's it's the whole us versus them, which is all, it's a dividing mechanism. It's a way to divide up people because the more you find something different in somebody else, the more time you have to fight it out. When in actuality, we have more in common. So let's go back to, you know, the OR. We have more in common as far as getting the right instruments at the right time for the right patient. Everybody wants that to happen. We want them sterile. We want them available. We want them to work. You know, we want them to be exactly what they need. And they want the same thing too. So if we focus more on that, then I think that'll change a lot of things too. But everybody's looking at how different we are. Um, Like for instance, when you look outside of our department, you have the the politics of everything, you know, you have um, the Republicans, the district Democrats, they've made the murder of Floyd um, political, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's all about the police and, you know, it's the police against the black people or um, it's the blacks against the white because, you know, he was a, a white officer and Floyd is black, you know, they find ways to to drum up more drama, to divide people even more, because if you're divided, you can't focus. Um, America against other countries like China. We have, you know, our president, you know, blaming them for Corona. I'm not saying that they did or didn't do it or, or the cause of coronavirus. I'm just saying the breakdown of everything, the Christians against the Muslims, you know, it goes on and on and on. Even when you go back to our department, the travelers against the permanent employees and things like that. Um, the SPD text against leadership and management. It just gets it just gets crazy. And you have to bring it all the way in and bring it all the way back down and say, half of us want the same damn thing. You know what I'm saying? The manager don't, doesn't want to be in a department that's just running raggedy. People not doing what they supposed to do. They can't find their text. People calling off work. People getting injured. OSHA all in the building because things are going crazy. Nobody wants that. So that's why it made me, it prompted me today to say, let me tell you a few of my stories. Okay. Let me bag all the way up. They have something called the Willie Lynch syndrome. And if you ever look at a Willie Lynch, supposed to be back during the slavery days or whatever, you can Google it yourself. But the main thing was dividing people up. The young against the old. You know what I'm saying? They find so many ways to divide people up to Help fight if you're fighting against each other, you cannot keep your eye on what you need to be keeping your eye on because we all want safe water, air, somewhere clean to live. We want livable wages. We all want the same basic things. But if we can find things amongst each other to fight about, then we can't fight the people that control our destiny or control our livelihood. 
Okay, I'm gonna give you a point in case. If I'm in my department and I'm sitting up here worried about Katie going to the a bathroom too often, like I talked about the last podcast, I'm worried about this person over there calling off sick. I'm worried about, you know, I'm worried about all these other things, but I'm not sitting, we didn't, we can't, we haven't all came together and say, you know what? Our raises are five cents a year. We don't have fatigue mats to stand on. There's no chairs in here. You know what I'm saying? The PPE and decon is BS. We don't have time to talk about those things. So there's another piece I wanted to bring into the whole mix of all this. The us versus them. Let me tell you another piece you can bring into this whole matrix of things. It's called unhealthy agreements. See, what happened with unhealthy agreements is that you have people agree with certain things just to get along. They don't want to be the bad guy. You feel me? They they want the meeting to move on so we can get out of here. You've been to those meetings. You have the meetings and anybody asks a question, anybody say anything or anybody oppose the conversation. Everybody looking at you pissed off because they were like, damn, we're going to be in here another 20 minutes or another 30 minutes. Or why she always has to say something. So a lot of people say, you know what? I'm not going to even do all that. When we have a huddle, I have nothing to say. You know how at the end, they'd be like, anybody have anything to say, anything to share? Nobody says nothing. Do you know how many huddles I've been in, being in different contracts? I know it's beef in the department. I know there's beef. But nobody's going to say anything because it was like, shit, nothing's going to happen. And I'm going to be the bad guy. I'm holding up the huddle. The sterilizing went off. The phone is ringing. You know what I'm saying? The 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 um the belt is bagged up with instruments coming out the wash. I'm not going to be the bad guy, so I'm just going to go along with it. Even though everybody in the huddle know it's a problem. Those are called unhealthy agreements. And I'm going to tell you when they become a big, big problem is when people are being biased and being unfair to other people. I'm going to give you a point in case. I was in a contract at a hospital. There was a girl, I was, I was, um, I was there, um, as a lead. I think I told you I was there to lead before. And there was a Filipino woman that was there. Sweet as pie. I didn't have lunch with her because I used to buy lunch like every other Friday. I get lunch to pump everybody up or whatever because they worked hard. They were all new in SPD, didn't have no prior experience and they worked their tails off and they wanted to be the best they can possibly be. And I was there to make sure they, they achieved that. So new girl comes in after me and she kind of had like a little cocky attitude. And I swear to God, I'm going to get to some other um, research and information, how you can check yourself and uh, your own biases and how you perceive and deal with people. So the girl comes in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach her just like anybody else. I'm going to give you all I got. So she decided she thought it was funny to mimic the Filipino woman's accent. So if she say something, she'll if she asks her a question, she'll respond to the Filipino woman mocking her accent. I said, whoa, 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 that's not cool. You feel me? A lot of other people didn't say anything. A lot of people let it go. When you let things go that you know that is wrong, then it's almost like you agreeing with it too. Because you know it's wrong, you're not saying anything. So I had to tell her. There was another person that overheard it and reported it to the manager. So the young lady thought it was me that told the manager. No, I told you it's a problem. I don't have to tell the manager. Now, if you keep it up, 
then eventually I'm going to take it to the manager. But right now, we're just going to handle this toe-to-toe. What you're doing is wrong. That's not fair. Do not do that to her. That's right. I said it was racist. It may not have been racist, but it it surely wasn't right. So those are those unhealthy agreements that has to stop. People have to say something. It's a time and place for everything. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you got to pull somebody's coattail at the end. Sometimes you got to hit up the manager later on. But it has to happen. The conversation has Because what happens is you end up with a grapevine, you end up with hostility, and you end up with conflict. Because you're sitting on it. And it's brewing. Oh, baby, you know how that works. You sitting there and you was like, if she say one more thing. Oh, let them do that one more time. I'm going to blow. I'm going to let them have it. You feel me? It, it shouldn't have to get to that place. I'm going to give you another uh, point in case. I used to be a bus driver. I used to drive Greyhound, city buses. I used to b- drive buses at LAX airport. I used to be a bus driver. So I had a lot of public interaction. I worked at a place where we had been there for some years. And what they did was they the, the, the company was a franchise. It was a car rental place. And they end up going um, corporate. So they brought all these good old boys in there. And they were in charge of running us and they come in, you know, with their own little rules and policies or whatever. So it was a a black woman who was Catholic and she went to Ash Wednesday. Do you know the manager? He 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 acted like he didn't know what it was. He may not have known what it was. He tried to wipe the ash off her forehead. Oh, no, 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 sir. What are you doing? For some reason, he thought that was okay. He had to be made aware, sir. That's her religious right. She's exercising it. How dare you? Okay, that's one. Two, I'm going to give you another one. I've been to contracts where there's broken instruments. Everybody know the instrument broke. They have to know or damage. I'm going to give you a damaged one. They know the instrument's damaged. I'm going to tell you why because it's beat up so bad. Every. It couldn't have just happened on the last case. So, you know, it had happened several times, many times, and they're still using it. I cannot use this. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why this is a problem. I'm not going to tell the leadership how they should handle their job. But let me tell you why this is a problem and it's not safe for the patient. Okay. I have been at places where instruments have been not functioning up to optimal performance. You know, you check them, you check your Ron Jewels, you check your scissors. Um, well, you know, I, I haven't ran into a dial rod or whatever to check the um, the corrects or whatever, but you check your instruments. We were told in a huddle, now check this out, you're not going to believe this. We were told in a huddle that if the instrument does not pass your test, whether the scissors not cutting properly, the uh, Ron Jewels not clipping off the tip of that um index card like it's supposed to go ahead and put it in the set anyway and go ahead and send an email to the um the coordinator of that specialty wait did you hear what i'm saying so let's say hypothetically i'm always working second shift so let's say she worked first shift okay i send her an email she's already gone she comes back the next morning god knows what she got on her plate already My set is already on the case card because it's been processed already. The instrument is being used on the patient. She pop her email and find out that when that doctor goes and uses a Ron Jordan to clip whatever you got to clip along the spine or what have you, it's not going to work. He's going to be pulling and tugging. 
So I was like, I had to, I, I, I can't do that. In the huddle now, in the huddle. Everybody standing around. I, I was so furious and I was so disgusted. I was ready for them to walk me out of there that day. And I had to ask myself, is traveling for me? I'm not here to tell you how to run your department, but I'll be doggone if I'm going to sit up here and put an instrument that does not work in my set. And for you to tell everybody else to do this, because it's bad enough. Most people are not checking their instruments anyway, because they get to the point where they're like, why check my instruments when they're not going to get fixed anyway? But let me move on. Okay, let me move on. And this all goes to unhealthy agreements. Us versus them, not standing up and saying something. If you're not comfortable, tell somebody else who is. Write an email, send a letter. There was a post on Facebook where it was the, the question was, you know, have you implemented anything lately? Have you, you know, started a new procedure that may have helped every, somebody else out to save time and save money? You do not understand the amount of people who tried to implement things that 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 were process improvement. These are texts. And they've been shot down. Okay, let me tell you a few things you probably can do. There are uh, magazines. Isham have magazines. I'm sure uh, local papers. Um, my podcast. Or my I have a, I have websites. You can easily post, post that on there on my website. The thing is, come devise your plan. Come up with facts. Come up with evidence based information. Come up with the process. Come up with, you know, the reason and get it out there. Your department may not want to hear what you have to say, but somebody does. And you can end up meeting up with other people that can give you what you need to put you on the track you need to be on. Sterile processing department is not a dead end, but some people make you feel like it is. And I'm trying to tell you things can change if we start to communicate with each other and not have these unhealthy agreements. I have on, on the podcast, there's a way for you to leave me a message. I didn't told everyone about my email address. You know how to find me on Facebook. I haven't heard from nobody. You feel me? It doesn't make any sense because there's too many people complaining for nobody to say nothing now. Now is the time. I Raise your hand. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. This is what I'm willing to do. What can we do? And you will find, you think about it. You got people in your departments that are the, the university educated. You got people that are self-educated. You got people who have side hustles. You know what I mean? You have an array of people on there, but you haven't took that time to talk to them to find out they may be that missing piece you need to take you where you trying to go. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And the last thing I'm going to say about the department is I've been to two places already where unsterile instruments have been used on patients because somebody in the sterile processing department went along to get along. That's the problem. They didn't say anything. They watched stuff happen and didn't raise their hand. Okay. So anyway, I want to move on and say there's a couple of things that we all have to understand, too, that we all have biases. I'm not saying we don't. Everybody has a bias, whether you think you don't or not. You know, um, I give you I give you one of my biases. I'm going to tell you one of mine. I, um, I, I being black, I'm black. I don't know if you know I'm black. OK, now, you know, I'm black. And 
I, I know I was always under the impression, and this is from growing up and what people have told me as a child growing up, Africans from Africa that come to America don't like us. Oh yeah, they don't like us. I was told that. And my whole life growing up, I'm like, damn, they don't even like us. And I never understood why. So as growing up, I just believed it when I, you know, okay, well, whatever. I'm not even going to deal with them because I know they don't like me for no reason. I end up with a roommate when I moved to Georgia the first time. I was in Atlanta, had a roommate from the Dominican Republic of the Congo. We were roommates for like, what were we, like two or three years? I think two or three years we were roommates. And we talked about everything, the difference between Africa America and all these other different things or whatever. And I posed that to him. I'm like, why they don't like us? And he said, it's not, we don't like you. He's like, it's it for him, his opinion with the language barrier being new to a country, the language, not really knowing how to fit in and kind of just keeping to themselves, not really want to say too much of anything. Cause they're not really sure what to say and not to say. So they end up being quiet or end up being, um, I guess, non-approachable. And I said, I never thought about that. You see what I'm saying? I never thought about somebody acting a way in which they didn't want to offend me. So they didn't say anything and I'm offended. How silly that is. I never knew. So it's the same thing when you interact with other people. Think about it. You got new people coming to a department. They don't know. They could be new to the area. They don't know nobody in the department. They may not know no one in the city besides their family. They coming in into a department and they're, they're nervous. And people are like, oh, she has the attitude. Or, oh, she. No, they don't. They, they just don't want to say anything. They're not sure who's who, what's what. They could have been burned before. Just go up and do you know what a cafeteria is? Tell them that. Do you ask them? Do you, hey, did anybody show you the cafeteria? Do you know where the locker rooms are? Have they showed you the break room? Do you know how to clock in? Do you know how to sign in an SPM? To help break that barrier down. Just because they look like they know it all, because they look like they don't want somebody to talk to them, you don't know what that person is going through. And do you know how much that can help somebody make it through situations when you just lend a helping hand and say, can I help you with something? It's, it's just amazing. I've lived with people being a, a traveler all over. I can say all over the United States because I pretty much stayed in the Southeast, but I live with all kinds of different people from here to California to Colorado. I rented rooms way before I was traveling and I've lived with all kinds of different people, not just black. So I'm very grateful that they had an open mind and I had one too, where I was able to rent these rooms, pay my money on time and everything was copacetic. But that comes with having an open mind. And that comes with removing that us versus them mentality. That's important. I, I, I'm a beer drinker. I don't know if y'all know that. Yeah, I drink beer. I love beer. Love IPAs and stouts and you know what I'm saying? Lagers and I'm in it. And usually when I go to breweries, guess what? I'm the only black girl. But you know what? I'm in there mingling. I'm in there talking. And I give other people a chance to get to know probably a black girl. They never got to know before. They may not even have black friends. I don't know. But they get to sit up and chat with me. And it's like, okay, she's cool as a person. You see what I'm saying? I go to wineries. I'm all up in the North Georgia mountains drinking. You feel me? It's important for us to speak to people. It's important for us to break down those biases that us against them 
and and remove that unhealthy agreements and start talking. Talk to the people at the gift shop. You're probably in there all, all the time anyway. I, I'm usually in there. Every hospital I go to, where the gift shop? Because I need candy. I like candy for a little energy. Give me a little buzz while I'm at work to get me through the lunch or whatever. Piece of gum. The person in the cafeteria. Hey, girl, how you doing? Oh, I see you got your hair done different today. You know, those interpersonal relationships that you can build with people. The security at the at the door. Hey, you know what? Compliment people. Man, I'm so glad you're here with things the way they're going nowadays. I'm so glad we got security. I'm glad to see you here every day. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people in uniform catching hell right now. So the ones that you see that you're familiar with, it's good to say, hey, I'm, I'm glad to see you. Good? Those are the things we have to do. Those are the things that makes a difference. So let me tell you a couple of things and I'm going to let y'all go. I didn't give you no news, but ten, oh, I do have some news. I'm going to tell you how bad biases are. I'm just going to get this to you real quick. This came from a, 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 a page that's called MedPage Today. I'm not going to even take no breaks this time. I'm just going to run through this and I'm going to let you guys go. We're not doing the breaks and all the other music and all that other stuff. Listen to this. Now, this is what they're talking about because people don't think structural racism exists. I have to talk about racism. Of course I do. You see what's going on in the news right now. Listen. Listen to this. Now, in the U.S., the health of African-Americans lag behind most of their racial minority groups, other, other, I'm sorry, other racial minority groups. Compared with whites, black men and women face higher risk of chronic illnesses, infections, and injuries. Now, let me go down here, and I'm, I'm going to add this to the, um, the show notes. First, people were thinking it was education. They said, oh, well, you know, they're probably not educated. Or, or, or you know what, probably it's economics. They're probably not making a lot of money or whatever. Now, listen to this. For instance, the mortality rate for babies born to black mothers with a master's or a doctor degree is far worse than, uh, has a far worse mortality rate for babies born to white mothers with less than the eighth grade education. Okay? Why is this happening? And, and, and that's what people were trying to figure out, like, why is this going on. It's because people have biased beliefs about people based on life experiences and based on what they've been told. It has been shown. Now, this American Heart Association, black women that goes into an emergency room with heart attack symptoms most likely would not be checked for a heart attack Compared to her white counterpart. Now, this is, a, I mean, this was April the 20th. I mean, April uh, 2019. The title is Race, Racial Disparities Continue for Black Women Seeking Heart Health Care. They're saying even the follow-up treatment would not even be recommended for women who are black, who had a heart attack, maybe had bypass surgery, and the, the aftercare, a lot of it would not be recommended for her. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to give you one more last point in case before I give you a couple of little tests you can take for yourself to see where you fit into all of this mess. I'm 46. So I have to get a mammogram, right? Okay. They told me start getting it at 45. That's what I've been told. Okay. I kind of put it off. Whatever. I had the first one last year. Went. Okay. Everything good. They told me get you're good for a year. Get one every year. I went to cancer.org. If I'm this age, get one every year. I think when I get to 50 or 55, you can wait every two years. I've been told this every year, every year. I go to the doctor for my annual last week. The doctor told me, oh, you're good for about another, uh, about another 18 months to two years. Why would she tell me that? 
When everything I find online saying every year, why would she say that to me? I don't look 50, 55. I mean, hell, I don't look 20, but I damn sure don't look 50, 55. So I'm like, why would this lady tell me that? But when I'm looking at these documented research saying there are disparities, when you know that women are told, you know, to have a C-section instead of having natural birth because they use an algorithm that says that, and that, in, that includes race. That says, you know, when you're black, ah, the chances of you having a vaginal birth after the C-section, ah, you may not have your baby or healthy baby. The baby may die. That's what they tell you. But if you're white, it's different. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I want to bring that up. So let me wrap this up because I know I've been talking for a minute. Jesus, 24 minutes. I, I always try to say I want to do 15, but I never do 15. Okay. So this is what I want to give you. I want you to go to, now I did this for myself and I'm going to tell you my results. It's called Project Implicit. Now, Project Implicit, what it does is, and I think this is uh, this is by Harvard. Harvard University put this together. When you go to this website, they're going to give you like, I think, how many bullets are these? Okay, let me see. Oh, it's about 15, 20 of them. Jesus, I didn't know it was that many. Okay, so you can see how do you feel about sexuality, the president's disability, transgender, religion, skin tone, um, gender, uh, let me see, gender career, age. Arabs and Muslims, weapons, how people you feel about people being fat and thin, Native Americans, race, Asian Americans, and things like that. You're going to take these different tests. It, give yourself 15, 20 minutes. They're going to ask you a bunch of questions. I went with the race, of course. And um, they ask you a bunch of questions. Then they start showing you black people faces and white people faces. And they come up with the results at the end. Now, let me tell you what my results was. I was like, well, okay, whatever. They said at the end of my results, see where my results are. Put them somewhere here. I thought I had the tab open. They said that my results was that I associate white people with being, I guess, good. And so what they what they said was my response when they asked me about white people and in the word good or things that are good, I quickly responded with the keyboard on my computer, opposed to when they asked me black people and good. I guess they said I hesitated or I didn't click as fast as I did for the white people. So that's what they said for me. Blew my mind because I, I was like, OK, whatever. Here's another test for you. Uh, let me see. Is this the uh, what is bias test and why is it important? OK, wait a minute. Let me get over here. Here's another one. This is called 16 personalities. This lets you know what kind of personality that you have. They say I'm a protagonist. And, and this one right here, it asks you a series of questions about different situations or whatever that you may be in and what kind of person you are. Are you a dreamer? Are you um, optimistic? Or, you know, how do you feel about different situations? So I'm going to add this to the link because you need to be a little bit aware of how do you see other people and how do you see life and how do you see yourself? Because you may be very surprised about how you see other religions, how you see about people who are overweight, how you uh, people who are very skinny. People who are black. So I'm going to put those notes in here. I hope you guys have a very great day. I hope you find this stuff useful. Again, reach out. This is your podcast. This is your chance to say what you want to say. This is your chance to connect with other people to make that difference in yourself and make that different difference in other people. Other people out there are going through exactly what you're going through. You're not alone in a lot of your situations. A lot of people are new techs out there. You're not alone. People been out there 15 years. You're not alone. You got people about to retire. You're not alone. There's a lot of people that's going to retire. Connecting with other people to find out what does that look like? 
You know what I'm saying? You're retired from SPD. Oh, okay. So what do you got planned or what you got going on? Oh, well, I'm going to transition off into this. You may need to hear that. You know, you have a lot of people trans transition out of steroposin processing and now they're, they're on reps. Some people went into fashion control. So it's good to contact other people and say, find out what is everybody doing? Because like I said, it's not a dead end position. It's not a dead end industry, a job or anything, a dead end department. But if you filter it that way, if you see it that way, it will be a dead end. So I'm going to go ahead and let you guys go. I'm about to sound like I'm preaching. So anyways, I hope to hear from you next um, in the future. Like I said, the um, the link for you to be able to send a message to be there. You know I'm on Facebook. I'm Solyndra Bearfield. My email is um, Solyndra, uh, yeah, Solyndra at uh, ionspd.org or ionspd at gmail.com. You can Google me. You can find me. And um, I hope you guys have a wonderful wonderful, wonderful next couple of weeks or whenever I hit you guys back up again. But if you want to be on a podcast, hit me up too, because I need to hear your voice. Peace.